Hello and welcome to the After Dinner Podcast. My name is Jay Swords. This is the podcast extension for ROI Show 507. Our guest for today is Tyler Morgan, local author and historian. We're going to be talking about his book, The History of Bands of Centerville, Iowa. Our history buff is Rick Sweet. So, Rick, start us off. Great. Thank you. Tyler, you have a chapter called The Centerville Bands of Tradition of Excellence. And I think I I played in that that epoch that uh, we won many awards and we got called back twice to the Midwest uh, Bandmasters uh, Convention in Chicago, which nobody ever did. Uh, and then I found out later on Davenport Central also went back twice, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> describe to me your take on this tradition of excellence. Well, I don't know where the the phrase was coined exactly, but uh, at my time in high school band, um, that was what was printed on our band T-shirts, was ah. a tradition of excellence. And so that's where, that's where the phrase, you know, is stuck in my mind. But I think I really went into that era of the, that chapter of the book, and I was thinking about how we had this a very long span of time where there were some really, some really great directors that made the program what it was. It took the kids to new heights and uh, just did really outstanding things and took and just really made it something, really made it a powerhouse band program of the state at the time. And uh, to the point where, you know, it was uh, a tradition that we, you know, we go and we, perform well at contests and we perform but concert band perform gets one high ratings. And, um, that, that was the, that was the tradition that I was brought up with that my, like I said earlier, my mom was a part of the band and, um, many people I knew and I've met over the years who were part of it and talking about all the great things they accomplished. Tyler, I'm curious again, just more of that history aspect. My experience with band isn't in sitting you know together and in a competition it's it's marching band and mm -hmm. and when did band become marching band because i'm sure that most of those adults if they did any marching it was in a parade you know you were just marching down the down the the, the center of town or whatever now we have these incredibly elaborate choreographed uh, you know, activity, entertainment spectacles almost going on, uh, you know, every Friday or Saturday night at the, at the football game for the band. How did that happen? Well, I, most, a lot of these early band programs uh, started as marching bands. In fact, you know, as I mentioned earlier about the start of the Centerville program, you know, a couple, uh, you know, a handful of kids with varied instruments, then they hired a real band guy to come in and make themselves, make them a marching band for football games. And that happened in the uh, early twenties uh, that uh, a band guy came in and said, well, okay, we're going to have a marching band now. Cause they wanted on the, they want a marching band to show up on the football field. And they, and it was just, you know, the more, the older style of let's all march out in a um, block formation and play some tunes and then we'll get off the field. And then, the same way as they would march down the street in a big block and play a couple of tunes. And then you're, you're talking about the more modern uh, field show aspect of the marching band, where it is incredibly more elaborate than that with uh, 
with the choreography and the visuals and even sometimes the electronics that go into the whole production. And that's um, really kind of morphed over the, I, I don't want to give an exact <laughs> timeline, but sure. I've it's, you know, um, popular through the, the seventies and eighties and where it kind of started to go that way with uh, some of the big drum cores that uh, performed throughout the, the country. And it kind of trickled its way down into the high school marching band where they started to do that too. And be, and things just started to get more and more elaborate. I'm glad you mentioned that because I was wondering if, if the drum cores were a catalyst for that or a product for that. I very strongly believe that they, um, they are the catalyst for that because what, what you see drum cores doing, you know, a couple of years back, all of a sudden you're going to see happening in high school marching bands. And a lot of them even buy up some, buy some of the former shows of drum cores and uh, use the exact same shows that a drum corps did. And, and uh, which are, well, your bigger schools can, can do that. And uh, not necessarily some smaller schools, but um, yeah, it's definitely a drum corps is highly influenced. And drum corps keeps getting, they just keep expanding and getting more and more elaborate and it's going the same way. And we're following behind in high school marching bands, not too far behind. Yeah, it's, it's, I will say before I, I let Rick back on, I've been to, because my wife loves the, the drum corps and we've been to the national competition on several occasions and it is almost mind boggling. It is. Um, what they're doing and, and right, the sophistication and all the stuff and special effects and whatever. It's hard, you know, when I think about that and then I think about that, uh, that community band in the, in the late 1800s sitting under the gazebo, you know, sweating like crazy. It's almost hard to imagine that those two things have anything in common with each other. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> all right, Rick. Well, I, I I don't want Tyler to uh, forget about the not only marching band on the the old Centerville football field, uh, but also marching all the way around inner and outer ring of the city square for Pancake Day, and it was always <laughs> always that's why I went out for football. If you're playing football, you don't have to be in the marching band. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to morph over to um, uh, when I was in school there. Um, it, there was no orchestra. And orchestras, I would think because of the music tradition in America, that there would be more high schools uh, that have orchestras. What, did Centerville ever try to have a, an orchestra? Yes, uh, Centerville actually had a fairly well-established orchestra that um, won its awards. We uh, had our own orchestra teacher, orchestra director, that taught in the district. Um, in fact, if you remember, kind of way back when I was talking about how I got my start when going through that um, that uh, theater, the silent movie theater uh, music. Um, yes. The owner of the owner of that music was the orchestra director at Centerville High School. Ah, okay. And so that's how I also, you know, that was also in a uh, um, fascinating part of learning the history to me because I never thought of there having there being an orchestra in the school and we did have one and it was at times the same size as the band program in uh, in our school which for rick and you and my and myself it can be kind of hard to believe because there's no remnants of it at all now 
Yes, you're you're correct. Yes, um, but it it lasted for quite some time, and uh, I did. Um, I was fortunate enough to know a few uh, a few people, um, and even play alongside some of them in our municipal band who were in some of the last few years of the uh, uh, of that orchestra program at, at Centerville. That uh, when did it when did it end? The effectively. Final, the final performance was in 51 of okay. the, the, the Centerville orchestra and the, the director, he may, he stayed on at the school as an assistant director for another six years or so. Um, but, uh, um, one of the more, uh, one of the more kind of interesting thoughts of, or facts about that is that there was, a, a one of the violin players of the CHS orchestra went on to play with the NBC orchestra. Hmm. Um, for naming, so there, there's a little bit of a of interesting history there, and I gave its own little chapter in the book to that because I I thought it I just thought it an interesting history that most people, most graduates or people of Centerville don't know about. You're right. You're right. Um, Tyler, I'm I'm going to get political on you for a moment. Um, okay. <laughs> and and this and Ch- Rick chime in on this as well because it, you certainly would have personal experience. So so one of the tropes in public education is that you can mess with a lot of things, but you best not mess with the band parents. Um, <laughs> that that you know there there's uh they they might talk softly or not, but they carry big clubs. Um, so my my question is, what were your experience and Tyler? What is your research been? How how powerful are band programs and the existence of band um, in, in terms of of the the way education schools and communities work? And I'm thinking in particular now that we're getting more and more pressure, monetary pressure, at least in Iowa, and and schools are being forced to make more and more draconian sort of cuts. Band is always one of those things that gets brought up as being extracurricular, quote unquote. How does all of that and the politics of the community um, play into that process? Well, I think um, the the parents and family members are are always supportive because I, it's um, you know you're you're listening to the kid progress through the program. You know, you're listening to them get better at their instrument, going to concerts, going to football games. So you, you're definitely invested as a family member in the program. And so you're supportive. And a lot of times the band is, uh, is a very public figure in a school system. Um, you know, just like a, um, a football team can be, uh, the band is, um, you know, there at parades, Town, you know, town celebrations, playing at uh, Veterans Day, whatever it may be. Um, so the band it becomes very public, and so I think um, whenever there's talk of you know making changes, like you're speaking of, to, you know, in band programs, there are people that can be highly vocal about it and be um, in support of, of course, not cutting the arts. And I'm sure you're, you guys have probably. Um, seen or at least heard of the uh, Mr. Holland's opus, the film and where famously at the end, this band director who's been there for a long time is um, been told that the entire program is being cut. And so he is forced to retire and uh, everyone comes back to show what, 
great influence he had on them over their entire lives. And so I think that is a, though it's a Hollywood version of the story, it's also in many ways very true and how you could approach a lot of that with what's going on. And, but there, it, sometimes the school districts just don't have any choice and, or they do have, or it's just, it is hard decisions have to be made sometimes. Sure. Well, we could talk forever, but unfortunately our time is up. We'd like to thank our guest for this 507th show, Tyler Morgan, local author and historian. We've been talking about his book, The History of Bands of Centerville, Iowa. Our history buff has been Rick Sweet. ROI can be found at 9.30 p.m. on Friday nights on KALA Radio or on the web at TuneIn.com. If you're looking for older programs, you'll find them at SoundCloud.com. Just put KALA Radio, all one word, in the search, click on the first icon, and scroll down to find nearly a decade of ROI shows. You can also find ROI on all of your favorite streaming platforms. ROI is recorded at station KALA, St. Ambrose University.